Oh, Comet fans, it's that time. It's time for the Combat Ops Arena Comets Podcast. This is episode number three, and of course, it is brought to you by Combat Ops Arena. They're over on Lay Road for the best in laser tag, mini bowling, and the best arcade you're ever going to see. Go over there and throw some axes while you're at it. Get some food and beverages and have just a good time. And you can check out everything they have at CombatOpsArena.com. All right, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Depending on when you're listening to this, I want to make sure everything was covered. It's episode number three of the Comets podcast, if you didn't know where you were. This is Shane Alberani hosting another episode. And uh, did everybody get through uh, last weekend okay? I know things aren't going our way, but we had a great opening night at the Coliseum. Over 10,000 fans were on hand. Thank you, fans, for coming out. And uh, please, let's fill the building uh, coming up. we got Toledo coming in here, so we've got to get that building filled up and get those guys going on the winning track. It's still early, folks, so uh, be patient. Stay with these guys. They're going to turn it around pretty quickly. Now, another guy who's hoping to help turn this around, it's Comet defenseman Jason Binkley. He is my guest today, and uh, Binks has been around a little while. He's been here a couple two, three years now, so he's kind of a quiet guy, so you might not know Jason all that well, so we do that here on this podcast. That's what we do. We get to know players, and that's what we're going to do today with Jason Binkley. We hear about uh, how he just got engaged. We hear about uh, where he grew up in Ohio and how he almost became a member of the Toledo Walleye. Yes, intriguing. We also talk about his hatred of condiments, which is weird, but that's what the show is all about. It's uncovering the weird, as we already know with Jamie Shaftsman, what happened in the last episode. So without further ado, here's Comet defenseman Jason Bickley. Okay. What's up? <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm glad you made it in. Currently you had nothing better to do, but that's my game. No, I have a little bit of time before the old fiancé gets home. So. Oh, the fiancé. Yeah, so you're recently off the market. Is that is that what you're saying? I've been off the market. Well, but it's now it's now <laughs> it's contract now because now there's been an exchange of of, there's of, been of a ring. Ex- <laughs> there's been an exchange of my money <laughs> into her hand, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, so it, I guess that's legally binding. I guess. Yeah, no, it was a good summer. We uh, spent the time up in Grand Rapids where she was working, and we went over to Silver Lake Sand Dunes which is just south of Ludington on Lake Michigan, above Muskegon. And uh, her family goes there every year for a huge family vacation. And we went over there, and there's a dune ride that goes out on Lake Michigan. And you literally pull right up onto the, the beach of Lake Michigan, so that's where I did it. So Was she surprised? She was surprised. <laughs> I didn't get on the dune ride with her. I went on the dune ride that went ahead of her so I could get to the beach before she got there. And I used her cousin as a decoy because it was his birthday. I was like, oh, I'm going to ride with your cousin. It's his birthday. So see ya. And she got kind of mad at me. And then once she realized everything that happened, she was kind of over it. But then she got because then she's like, oh, great. Now we got to plan a wedding. (laughs) So she's not into the wedding thing. Is she? No, she's she's been good about it. We've actually both done a lot for it because we're doing the wedding up in Grand Rapids and since she moved down here to work and stuff we got a lot of a lot of it done before 
we came down here. So we have a venue, we have a date, we have the tuxes, we have the um, photography, DJ. Oh, so um, you have done a lot. <clears throat> yeah, we still need to get food. Still needs to get her dress. Um, we've done floral and decor. We've done a lot of it. Do you have a planner? Are you doing this all yourself? Um, my mom kind of is helping us, but <laughs> no, you get you get engaged and people start sending you stuff, right? Yeah. And we have like four different wedding planning books, and they're all the same. They're just different designs. So now, did she say that you were going to help in the planning of this, or did she just take it over? It wasn't really said that I was going to help. I just kind of have my input here and there. Because when I got married, granted it was 20 years ago, she said, oh, I want you in on every decision we make between the food and the flowers and, and yada, yada, yada. The first day we go in to pick out the invitations, I said, this is the one I like. And she said, too bad, we're getting this one. <laughs> and from that point forward, I did not have anything to do with it. I just said, you know what, tell me where to be, what time, and I'll be there. No, we've been we've been good splitting it up and conquering stuff. Like when we went and did the floral and decor stuff that we did that like two days before we came down here. Um, she did everything with the flowers. I had no say in the flowers at all, but that was that was fine with me. All I had say in was the boutonniere that the groomsmen and I'm going to wear. Um, but other than that, she did all the flowers. And then for decor, we had a pretty mutual agreement on what we liked and what looked, what we thought looked good. And obviously we'd never done this before. So the lady who was helping us picked out a lot of the stuff. And I think we kind of just ended up agreeing with her on most of it, but it's been good. It's uh, it was definitely an exciting summer and glad to be back here now though. Oh, we're glad to have you back. The, the, the Iron Man of this team, Jason yeah. Binkley, who uh, I got to say last year, I think was like your first game you ever missed. I think that you sat out, you had that, that knee injury. That was the first game I'd ever missed for an injury. Yeah, okay. Because I remember it was weird not having you on the bus. It mm -hmm. was the weirdest thing, not having Binks bound onto the bus. Yep. So. Yeah, I had tweaked my knee a little bit in a game against Toledo. Um, when was it? Beginning of December. And I tried playing on it a couple of days later against Wheeling, and it just wasn't feeling good and tried to battle through. And then we had a a weekday we had one of those morning games against Toledo again on like Wednesday and they're like just rest and be ready for the weekend so that's it, pretty hard to do yeah I mean, you had bangs and I mean it's it's a rough I'm granted I'm up in the press box I get you know I get a headphone here that's about the only injury I get but you know I can't imagine what you guys go through every day so that's quite the accomplishment yeah I, I try to stay healthy and take care of myself and knock on wood that I've been able to stay healthy um you know, it's not always easy for people that play this game or play sports in general. So um, I've been fortunate, and I hope it continues that way because the last thing I want to do is miss games. So Now you're back. This is your third season? Third right? season. Right, and you keep coming back, so obviously you like this place. Yeah, it's a good spot to be. I enjoy it. Um, it's nice. It's it's close to home, so originally from just north of Columbus, Ohio, so it's kind of got the same Midwestern feel and vibe, so it's a very comfortable spot to come be because it is similar to home. So, okay, grew up in Ohio. Uh, now, Ohio's not exactly a hockey state, right? It's a football state. <clears throat> or is it getting more like a hockey state? It depends where you are. You know, when I was growing up, the Blue Jackets became an NHL franchise in 2000. And, God, I was in second or third grade when they became a team. And once they came into town, hockey started picking up um, as far as, like, youth programs and stuff. 
but it never got quite up to the level that I wanted to play at when I was growing up. So I actually had to leave Columbus and go play in Cleveland for three years during high school because Cleveland hockey had been more established. I don't know if many people know this, but Cleveland actually had an NHL team back in like the 40s or 50s or whenever it was, and now they actually are the Dallas Stars after all the transitions they've gone through. I think that's who they ended up being. So hockey in Cleveland has always been a little bit better, or at least for when I was growing up, it was always better than Columbus. But now that the Blue Jackets have been around for almost 20 years and hockey's developing and youth hockey's developing and they're contributing to the area, then it's it's gotten a lot better since I've been there. Um, but, yeah, growing up north of Ohio State, it's all it's all Ohio State football. So that's, that's <laughs> were, what you deal with a lot. Were you pressured to play football? Did you? I never played football. Not at all? That's the one sport I never did. Um, my brother, my older brother, he's four years older than me, he played football in high school and stuff and – I don't even really know how he got into it because he played hockey as well. And then all of a sudden one day he came home. He's like, yeah, I'm on the football team. And it was like all of a sudden he played four years of high school football and played hockey, travel hockey at the same time. And then we did lacrosse together in the, in the springtime. So for me it was just too hard because then I started traveling back and forth. And my middle school coach, God, what was his name, Mr. Zeal or something, he would beg me to play football. Because I'll put you in at linebacker, and your only job is to sack the quarterback. It's all you got to do. Just run after the quarterback every play. And I was like, ah, not for me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'd rather play golf or something. So than... you, you went the hockey route. Yep. Yeah. So you go to Cleveland. So let's, let's go back. So you go to Cleveland during high school. Is this just junior hockey? No, so it was. It was uh, just, uh, you just went to high school in Cleveland. Well, it was my first two years of high school, my freshman and sophomore year. I played for the Cleveland Barons AAA in the Midwest Elite Hockey League. So my ninth grade year was Bantam Major. So I was, what's that, 14 under, U14. And I traveled back and forth twice a week with a couple other kids from Columbus who were going up to play. And then he had games on weekend. My sophomore year, I played U16, did the same thing, traveled back and forth twice a week for practices and then games on the weekend. Then it wasn't until my junior year when I played U18 where we practiced every day that I had to live up in Cleveland. So I lived up in Olmstead Falls with a family um, <clears throat> and I actually lived right down the street from another kid from Columbus who moved up there. So we went to high school together and played together and stuff. And then we, uh, <clears throat> I did that my junior year up until the springtime. And then I went back to my school back in Columbus and played lacrosse. Then my senior year, I went to the Eastern Junior Hockey League out in New Jersey and played for the Jersey Hitmen. Did that for the first three quarters of the school year, and then I went back, played lacrosse, and graduated back home with all my friends and stuff. Wow, that's crazy. So I had a whirlwind. That's a lot of travel. I had a whirlwind of a high school career, yeah. I was. So you weren't in one spot, obviously, for the four years. No, I was – the first two years, I guess I lived at home. The third year, I was in Cleveland. Fourth year, I was in New York. And you, did you graduate from high school in New York? No, I, I oh, transferred, back, I transferred back home. And um, I transferred back home and graduated from Olentangy Liberty in Powell with all my friends and stuff. So <clears throat> I'd like to think I'm a pretty good student. Um, <laughs> so when I was going into my senior year of high school, the only credit I needed to graduate from Ohio high school was a government class, like an English class right. and a government class. And the school in New York, the public school that where I lived, was going to charge my parents like $10,000 for me to go there 
because they have a rule that if you live out of the district and you want to go to school, they charge you because they have all these athletes that want to switch schools. So and they're in the better sports teams and stuff. So it kind of puts an X on, I guess, transitioning between schools. So you're stuck with your school unless you want to pay the $10,000, which is ridiculous. So I just did school online through a company called Epcot, which was an Ohio online high school. And so like the first half of the season, I just took one class. I did English class and I breezed through that. And then the second half I did my government class. So I did half the government class online and then I transferred back home to Columbus and I did finish that. But the rule is in high school sports, you have to take at least four or five classes to be eligible to play the sport. So I walk into my guidance counselor's office and I was like, all right, put together a schedule. So I got to show up two hours late to school every day. I took woodworking. I took phys ed. I took home ec. I had lunch and then I took my government class and then I left two hours early just so I could play lacrosse. (laughs) So uh, woodworking, is that caught on? Is that any type of a hobby? Uh, no, I actually, when I was, when I went to school in Olmstead Falls up in Cleveland, I built a very nice coat rack, coat hanger. And I basically, what I did was they're like, you have a project you have to do and you can make anything you want. I didn't know what I wanted to build. So like I looked in the corner and the coat, the teacher had a coat hanger there. I was like, I'll build a coat hanger. So I literally went to Home Depot and bought a, a fence post, like a, just a square fence post. And then I cut it down and carved it out and made a coat hanger out of it and I actually won an award I had left school and transferred back home but I left it up there for the uh, for the show and I won an award (laughs) so when I went back over the summer and picked it up I had like a ribbon and a banner with it and stuff and I had no idea that I'd won the skills of Jason Binkley woodworking lacrosse hockey travel apparently golf golf so you're okay so you're traveling around now your parents obviously are supporting this this is like a whole world that people don't realize how much this costs to be a hockey player yeah, especially at that age <laughs> they're, they're nuts right right is that something they, they go well <laughs> I, I hope you get a scholarship to college because this is all our money's going to go into i mean i've kind of known that they had put some money aside i mean you don't know how much they put aside but i would like to think most parents try to put something aside but i think they saw the potential that i had to achieve the scholarship or whether it be partial or full or whatever and the best opportunity for me to do that was to move away from home and to travel away. So like I said, I traveled back and forth to Cleveland my freshman and sophomore year, but there was a couple other parents and kids doing it. So my parents wouldn't have to go every week. They would have to drive like every third or fourth practice. And then on weekends we would carpool. So like one week in my parents yeah. might drive one week in the next people might drive just whoever. Um, but we were pretty much only going to Cleveland or Detroit or stuff sometimes Chicago, but for the most part, all, all the trips were within three and a half hours from home, two to two to three and a half hours from home. So they weren't bad trips on weekends, but definitely adds up hotels and <laughs> right. Marriott rewards points. They've been Marriott members for God, who knows how long now, <laughs> 10, I guess it'd be 10 years at least 12 years. So they, they're way up with Marriott and equipment. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you're obviously getting new gear every so often. Uh, well, the nice thing is once you get a little older, then the teams kind of start yeah. providing you some stuff. But up until that point, yeah, it can be it can be pricey. But to be honest with you, the shoulder pads I still wear are from my first year in Cleveland. Really? Yeah, so my shoulder pads 
are over 10 years old, 11 years old. Does uh, Joe Franke, does he give quite frequent repairs to those, or are they held up No, the only thing I've ever had him do is um, the straps that go around your, yeah. your midsection have just gotten loose over the years from just being stretched. And so all I've had to do is have him tighten those up pretty much. But they're still like the Nike Bauer brand, and they're not even a brand anymore, right? So, But Joe's good about fixing stuff if you need it. Now my elbow pads and shin pads and stuff, like my shin pads I still have from college. So that's four, five, six years. My elbow pads, I think I got new last year. So those, but the ones I had before that, I had from juniors and Tri-City. So that was five, six years. Pants, we get new every year. Gloves, we get new every year. Skates, we get new every year. But So is that a common thing where guys hang on to their gear or do guys just like new stuff or are guys superstitious? That's one thing I, you've, I don't know. I, it's all comfort, really. Yeah. Like, I need new shin pads, but I just liked what I right. have, and I'm not going to switch them out until I need to, until they break, basically, and you can't fix them. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember watching an interview with Joe Sackick on TV when he was playing, and he it was during intermission, and he took he had his jersey off, but he had his shoulder pads on, and he had, like, four different types of shoulder pads, like, sewn together yeah. to make it. Like, yeah, yeah. he had Jofa here with CCM on the other side and, like, Bauer, some random company on the shoulders. Like, it was just mock-together shoulder pads, and that must have been what he liked and what worked for him. So, I don't know. I we don't, That's actually a question I don't really know. I don't really – we don't really talk about, oh, how long have you had this yeah. or how long have you had that or – that could be something that's also instilled in you. You know, you're not, you can't afford new pads, so you mm-hmm. got to work with what you got. Yeah. So, I mean, they they still work. Yeah. They still make me look bulky, I think. So, <laughs> it's hard when you stand next to solar to look big, but I try. Yeah. And uh, you guys are line mates, or, or uh, have been past couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's kind of a contrast there seeing you next to Cody all, all the time. Yeah, we had our uh, season ticket holder. Yes. He's at ticket, the Classic yeah. Cafe and. One of the fans was like, don't stand next to Cody anymore. He makes you look little. <laughs> but Cody's kind of the anomaly. I mean, you're, you're kind of right in the middle with everybody yeah. else. Yeah, uh, probably a little shorter than some. But but you and Ryan Lowney probably get along well. Yeah, he's just a little guy out there. <laughs> Petrozelli, he's just a little guy out there. Lad, Garrett Ladd this year now. Yeah, we got some little guys. So I'm not the shortest one, but I'm definitely not the tallest. <laughs> All right, so we got a whole new group of guys. And uh, so this is a change for everybody, uh, having this much turnover. Well, so far, we're, we're early in the season here when this is going to be posted. So wh- how do you guys get to know each other? Because I mean, you walk in here, and you know, I walked in, uh, you know, we had our, our preseason meeting, and not knowing anybody, but knowing you and Jason, and, and or you, you and Ryan and, and Cody, and that's really about it. So it's got to be awkward even more for you, because you guys are going to have to share a locker room. It's, I mean, it's always interesting when you come every year, and you're right, uh, we... This will be my third year here, and the core group of guys we've had the last couple of years was Sidlowski and Thompson and Desjardins and some of those guys that we've lost, Baptista, Leonard, you know, guys that yeah. were here a couple of years. Like, you know, all those guys are gone. They're off playing elsewhere or doing their own thing, and, you know, you got to find guys to replace that. And Gary's whole message this year is getting to us, and I think it's a good message for us um, as a team because we do have a lot of new guys, so we do need to gel and mesh and get together. But the nice thing for, for me was being in Chicago with some of these guys like Ladd and Ross and Ebbing and the goalies Hafner and Hayton. You know, you kind of get to know those guys while you're up there. So when you transition back into Fort Wayne from being an American League camp, you kind of already know these guys coming in. And then it's just a matter of, you know, we did team functions. We did some golf. We had those luncheons. We had uh, 
the fan event with the season ticket holders. So, you know, you end up going out to dinner or having lunch or something with some of the guys. And that's, that's the big part at the beginning of the year is just getting to know each other that way. You know, some of us live together over at one spot. Some guys live together, live together over at the other spot. <clears throat> and so those guys will eventually get to mesh and know each other more and more as the year goes on. But at the end of the day, we're all hockey players. Right. And we've all been down this road yeah. where you're the new guy on a team, whether it's going into juniors or going into college or, you know, now coming into pro. So it's just a matter of just manning up and being like, hey, like you want to go to lunch. You want to have go to the gym with me later, like just getting together and just hanging out. And hockey players are very good at gelling and meshing together and figuring it out. And, and that's something we're going to have to do this year that we haven't had to do in the years past just because we've had a core group of guys. Right. And, you know, this year we only have six or seven returners out of 20 guys. You know, that's a fifth, that's a quarter of the team that's returning. So we have, you know, 15 new guys we got to get to know and learn and have them get involved with Gary systems and everything. So, um, but I've been very impressed with some of the guys that they've brought in with the talent that we've replaced. And, you know, it's, it's been a good, good start to the season. Now the, the newer guys, do you, uh, do you turn in the tour guide now? Do you take him around Fort Wayne? Do you tell him where the spots are, where to go for this, where to go for that? Or do they turn to you or do they, uh, you know, uh, just find their way around town? No, a lot, a lot of them ask questions. Um, and and I'm happy to help obviously, because I was the new guy here once. Right. And eventually you figure things out. Like I figure things out by talking to you or you talk to Dave or you talk to Gary or we had Clay uh, here at the time as our trainer. It's like, Hey Clay, where's a good spot to eat? Oh, go try this, go try that. And, you know, you learn spots over the years. You learn where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not to do. And so now for these new guys coming in, they want to be comfortable. And I actually did an interview, TV interview during our luncheon that I watched again last night because it came up. And it's all about being comfortable, right? You want yeah. to be comfortable where you are. If you're not comfortable, then you're not going to play with the best. And you're not going to sleep the best. And you're not going to have the rest that you need to perform. And, you know, so I've been trying to help these guys out as far as like, moving into their apartments, where they should go eat, you know, stuff they can do. Like, obviously, when we invite them out to go do stuff with us, um, go to the gym, just do whatever. Yeah. Just get them feeling comfortable and, like, a part of the team is the big thing. But I wouldn't say I've turned into a tour guide, per se, more of just a guidance counselor, just pointing guys in directions. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the spots. What are some of your favorite spots in town? Oh, I love Shigs and Pit. Yeah? Yeah. My <clears throat> my fiance. we were just dating at the time, my first year here when I lived down uh, – off Jefferson and she was in town visiting and we're like, let's go find some place to eat that we'd never been. And barbecue came up and I was like, barbecue sounds good. Let's go try this place. So we went to the original Shigs and Pit downtown and we ate it and we were like, holy crap, this place is good. <laughs> but it, it, like, we didn't find it out till it was like springtime when we went there. So now that's one of my favorite spots. I actually haven't even been there yet since I've been back. So I need to get over there and get some ribs. Yeah, it sounds so, like you got to take some of your teammates down there. And... Yeah, shout out to Shigs and Pits. Their ribs are delicious. <laughs> um, I also like Saboyos. Saboyos was a spot I got turned on to by Clay when he was our train athletic trainer here a couple years ago. That's a very good restaurant. I've bumped into Zionos, and their Italian food and their breadsticks are <laughs> spot on. Yeah, their their food is really good. So. <laughs> Once it gets about mid-season, you're about 50 games in, and you're tired of eating the same pasta dish and cooking, you just kind of wander off somewhere. And towards the end of last year and through playoffs, I was eating Zionos quite a bit and changing it up. Um, but do you, as far as food goes, do you are you uh, let's say a, a, a 
uh, a foodie? Do you like to go out? Do you try different things? Like, I've never had this before. I'll try it. Or do you like to stay comfortable? I wouldn't say that I won't try new things. Now, like when you go down to Florida, if you're going to the East Coast and you've never had scallops, let's say, like, yeah, I'll yeah. try scallops. Scallops are delicious. Or you go down, um, my fiance and we went down to Destin for a couple of days vacation in August. And it's like, you get grouper, you get snapper, you get, they have amberjack down there. They have all these different types of fish that, you know, we're from the Midwest. Have you ever heard of some of these fish? So it's like, you give them a try and then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, these things are delicious. There are certain foods I don't like. I'm not a big condiments guy. No? No. Don't like the mayonnaise, <clears throat> the mustard, the spicy mustard? Uh, it's really got to be mixed in or somehow for me to even consider, but I don't, I'm not a big condiments guy. So you like your sandwich is dry. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I'll do. <laughs> a good dry sandwich for Jason Binkley. Oh, it's, it depends what you put on it, but you know, if you put some, some lettuce and some cheese and some onions and stuff, that's good enough flavor for me. I don't need mustard or ketchup. I think that just ruins everything. <laughs> Whereas my fiance is a condiment lover. And so she would always get mad at me when she would come down and we, I'd make something, let's say I'd make like sausage and peppers and she'd want some mustard or something to dip it in. And I wouldn't have any. So I'd have to go to the neighbor's house and knock on their door to see if I can get some, get some mustard or I something. Don't know, Bix, that sounds like a deal breaker. <laughs> nope. She supplied all the condiments this year. So we are. Set. All right. All right. So, uh, you played up at Ferris state, which seems to be, uh, minor league of sorts for the Fort Wayne Comets because it seems like we've got a bunch of you guys in yeah. this town. So yeah. is that something where it's been discussed up at Ferris State, come to Fort Wayne? Uh, I've always wondered that because uh, it seems like every every year there's two or three guys from Ferris State. I don't necessarily think it's it's Gary reaching out to Bob Daniels up there and saying, hey, like we like these guys. I think it's just a good fit because the systems are similar, especially defensive zone. Our defensive zone systems are very similar. Um, but the one thing that Ferris is good at and instills is like worth that work ethic, both on and off the ice, getting in the gym, things like that. You know, um, I go back up to Ferris every summer. I've gone, I've been up at Ferris every summer for six or seven years now. Um, one, because I don't think there's anything better than Western Michigan in the summertime as far as lakes and things to do and rivers and fishing and golfing and all that good stuff. But just the training aspect that they allow us to partake in and the skating and the training and everything that goes on with it. But it is funny that you say that. Cause if you do look at this, the roster for the last four or five, six years, there's been nothing but Ferris guys rolling through here. And, and I think a lot of it, like I said, has to contribute to the, the systems being similar and the work ethic and the, the, uh, the type of players that we are. And I think Gary likes those type of guys. And you've, you played juniors. You were all around. You, you said you played in New York. You played Ferris State. You played in Utah. Was that correct? I this? played in Utah, Utah my first year pro. And so how many guys do you run into like throughout the league that you may have played when you were like 14 or 15? Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. So like I played Cleveland Barons in the Midwest Elite League. So you're playing against all the Michigan kids, Pittsburgh kids. Like Hauser and I grew up playing against each other because we're the same birth year. Hafner, who's on the team now, him and I grew up playing against each other because we're the same birth year. Even uh, Garrett Ross now, him and I grew up playing against each other when he was up on Victory Honda and I was in Cleveland. It's like you run into these guys. You may not remember them all. Right. But, you know, even playing against guys like that I played with in juniors, whether it be the Eastern Junior League or – the USHL when I was out in Tri-City in Nebraska or college, like 
you just run into these guys and it's like, holy crap, like it's a small world, right? So there's a there's a player on Kalamazoo, Jimmy Mullen, who I grew up playing against in the USHL and throughout college because he went to Miami of Ohio. And somehow he's actually dating a girl that I went to high school with. <laughs> it is a small world. Right? That's crazy. So, like, yeah. And I, it's like I would have never known that. But him and I were up at – we were up at Chicago's camp together, and we just happened to be talking. And it's like, yeah, he's like uh, – like his girlfriend is, was like a year younger than me, I think. But I know who she is, and, like, I know the name. And we went to high school together. Like, what are the odds that a kid you've played against hockey for now for six, seven, eight years is dating a girl that you went to high school with? Like, it's just crazy how it works out. It's, it really is a small world. And the more you play and the more you're around, the more guys you experience. So I'm like, I'm sure if you ask this question to like Jamie or somebody who's been around right. a little longer, he, he has to know most pretty much everybody at this point, right? So whether they're coaching or they played or GMs or whatever, but you run into a lot more people than what you realize. And the thing that you mentioned about Ferris not only being a contributor to our team in Fort Wayne, they were a contributor to the whole central division the last couple of years. We had guys and we had at least one or two guys in Kalamazoo. We had two or three guys in um, Toledo. We had two or three guys in Fort Wayne. We had a guy in Indy. We had a goalie out in quad city, you know, like that's five of the six teams in the division that are all supplied by Ferris guys. So it's like, anytime you're playing a division game, you're usually playing against one of your <laughs> old teammates from college. Right. So, so that gives you a little uh, scouting edge. Knowing those guys a little bit, do you share that information? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. what. Uh, yes and no. Like it's Well, especially with the goaltender. Maybe that's would maybe play more into it. Yeah. Um, that goaltender was C.J. Mott. He was, yes. my roo- he was my roommate all four years. Um, he's actually going to be in my wedding, <laughs> believe it or not. But, uh, you know, Gary and Benny and Legs and those guys do a lot of research and video as it is. So, I mean, it's not – anything that I won't say that they probably don't already know from watching film and stuff like that. You know, thankfully for CJ this year, he got, he has an opportunity with Iowa in the American league. And if he does get sent down, he gets sent down to Allen. So we don't even see him at all this year. It's been, it's been fun, especially, you know, cause you don't see those guys all the time. Right. And for somebody like me who went through college, like you find more of your buddies, lifelong buddies through college, whereas some of those guys might've found them through playing in the O. Right. Right. So it's nice to catch up with those guys and see them. And, you know, if we're able to go out to dinner, have a lunch or do just catch a quick word before or after the game, like it's just nice to see them and catch up. Do hockey players have short memories in the sense of grudges? Because I grew up, I played baseball. That was my main sport. Mm -hmm. And I know guys who I played with who will still hold a grudge from a guy who beamed him in 1992. I'm not making that up. There are a guy who who will see somebody on the street and will go, yeah, that guy. (laughs) Um, But you guys, but hockey, it's a different sport because it's a contact sport. It's closed quarters. Do you guys just forget about that and move on? I think it depends on the player. Like a funny story that probably not many people know is about me and Bobby Shea from college. I was a freshman in college and I ended up like sucker punching Bobby in the ribs. <laughs> and like the first year I was here, Bobby came up to me. He was like, Hey, you remember punching me in the ribs in college? <laughs> and I was like, uh, was that you? Was like, sorry, man. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I think people hold grudges at least until the next game where it can get taken care of. And then it's, and then it's fine. But, uh, me personally, it, it's just, it's the game and that's just how it goes. And 
But it's nice to know now when the gloves hit the ice, you can actually say, hey, this maybe goes back to middle school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) it it all depends on the player, really. I mean, for me, it's you you just know who guys are and what some guys' reputations might be. And there's some guys you want to mess with, and there's there's other guys you don't. And for me, that's what I need to know. I don't need to be out there. Well, you got Cody, you know, flanking you, so you're all good. And I had Will Weber my first year, so I was good there, too. Uh, so uh, you uh, from relatively close by Columbus. Now I, your folks come to town every once in a while, right? My parents come in quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, so um, what do they do? What, what does your folks do? My dad works for Huntington Bank over in Easton Town Center, and then my uh, mom is actually a contract and employee for Discover Education right now. Yeah, they're able to get up here quite a bit. And the nice thing is, I have an extra place, extra bed in my in my place, so I. The first year they drove back and forth quite a bit, and then like last year I was like, "All right, you guys don't need yeah. to be doing all this driving at late late at night every day." So, just crash in my place. There's a bed there. You have your own bathroom. Do what you need to do. Hang out here, um, and enjoy the games. Because, quite honestly, Cincinnati's a little closer to home. Wheeling is closer to home. Toledo's closer to home. Going to Indian here is probably Indy's a probably a tad bit further than coming here, but. They can make a lot of games just because of the division and where they live and whatnot. What brought you to Fort Wayne? So after my first year pro, I was in Utah for 43 games, and I ended up getting traded to Cincinnati. And I thought it was going to be a fresh start, like a new opportunity, and it just didn't, it just didn't work out, and that's the way it goes sometimes. And I only ended up playing two games in Cincinnati, and I was kind of bummed because I was like, man, this is close to home. It's a nice city. Like, you know, this isn't a, this wouldn't be a bad spot to be. And like I said, didn't work out and that's the way it goes. And over the summer, it was kind of like, all right, who are we going to, where are we going to end up? Like, I'd like, there's so many teams close to home, Toledo, Kalamazoo, Fort Wayne, Indy. Like there's four teams within a couple hours of my house. Like we got to be able to get on one of them. The summer was going real slow, real slow. And, my really only offer I had was from Rapid City. And at the time, we were waiting to hear back from Toledo because they were waiting on Grand Rapids to hear hear about some stuff. And Toledo ended up falling through. And I think Fort Wayne kind of got word that I was going to go elsewhere. And they kind of swooped in at the last minute and said, hey, like, we want you. Like, we'll bring you in. And that was good for me because I knew Garrett Thompson. I knew Mike yeah. Embach and Pat Nagel and some of those other Ferris guys that you mentioned earlier. So I was like, you know what, I'll come in and I'll see what happens. Obviously I didn't have a great first rookie year. Um, so I had to come and improve myself again. And thankfully it's all worked out. And now I've been here, this will be my third year. And it was kind of funny cause this was three summers ago. So my fiance who I was dating at the time, we were actually heading over to this family vacation that she does every year. And I got a phone call from my agent saying, Hey, Fort Wayne's going to offer you. Their coach is going to call you. We have to understand driving from big rapids to Lake Michigan is driving straight through the here. Uh, what the Manistee national forest. So you have no service. So I'm driving through this hour long car ride and I'm holding my phone, just watching the service <laughs> come in and out. And eventually I got a phone call from Gary and I literally had her pull over to the side of the road because I had service. So I talked to Gary (laughs) and then like, he's like, yeah, perfect. Like just touching base. Give me a call a little bit later once you get there. So I called him later and then we played phone tag a bunch because he was hanging out with his kids. And I think they were at Cedar Point that weekend or doing something. And then, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, but it all, it all ended up working out and 
here we are three years later. Well, we're we're glad you're here, Binks. I I, I enjoyed here. I'm glad to be here too. All right, we're gonna let you get out of here so you can do some wedding stuff. <laughs> if that's if that's what I need to do, so. <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise. These are all things to avoid when you're around Jason Binkley. So that was a cool little gem we learned about Jason Binkley as we seem to uncover them here on this show. Great interview with Jason. It's always nice to talk to him. I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode. Also thank our sponsor, Combat Ops Arena. Go visit them at CombatOpsArena.com and on Lay Road and have some fun before each home game, including this Friday night. Get your tickets. The Toledo Walleye are in town for the first time. It is the Halloween costume parade, so get the kids. Go over to Combat Ops, then get to the hockey game and have a good time this weekend. So that wraps up episode number three. Next one will come up next Tuesday. I've been your announcer, your host, your everything, Shane Alberani, and you've been listening to the Comets Podcast.